Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Announcer Schedules Podcast, episode number 23. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont Mollen, he is the voice behind the Announcer Schedules Twitter handle, at Announcer Schedules. You guys follow him. He's got over 20,000 followers on Twitter. And we bring you the Announcer Schedules Podcast each and every week on the Sports Media Watch feed. Of course, you can get a plethora of sports media type conversations. George Often's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Porter Moser's the guest this week. I've already listened to that one. The former Ramblers coach now at Oklahoma. Great story. Uh, I really thought it was cool listening to him uh, as he was going back and forth on his decision to leave Loyola, Chicago to go to Oklahoma. Check that out on the podcast feed. Uh, TJ Reeves and John Lewis. And by the way, TJ is on his way to Germany to do the Bucks game for Tampa Bay Buccaneers Radio Network. We're going to talk to him about the travel there and the setup and how that all works. He's going to be joining us very shortly right here on the podcast. TJ does play-by-play for Compass Radio, a lot of college games. He's also the sideline reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Him and John Lewis. John Lewis is the best when it comes to sports media ratings and all that kind of stuff. And then you get our podcast on Thursdays here. Phil DeMont Mollen, how are you, friend? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mike. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Every week we head into this podcast and I'm wondering, are we going to have enough material (laughs) when I reflect back on what's happened this past week and what's ahead? We've always got more than enough and it's going to be another jam-packed show as we cover a lot of ground. We do. And uh, we got all the sports in play, really. NFL, college football, college basketball debuted, the NHL And we wrap it all up with the World Series. And, of course, that ended this weekend. And Joe Davis had his first World Series. We can get thoughts on how Joe Davis did on the World Series. John Smoltz, I guess it depends what market you were in on how much you liked or did not like Joe and John. But we heard this from Joe Davis, his first official World Series call. There goes the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker, this time they finish the job! The Houston Astros, world champions! This time they finished the job, Phil. And, you know, we hear that long layout there. And I want to kind of get some thoughts from you. You know, you work alongside a lot of these play-by-players when you're doing your role as a statistician. Is that something that maybe the play-by-player tells them beforehand, hey, the last call, let it ride out? Or is that something Smoltz just knows to do? Is that individ- how, how does that work? I think the, the experienced announcers, I mean, this is just understood across the board that – you know, when there's a big play, not just the, the final out of a, of a World Series, but a big play in general on televised sports, you know, the analyst should uh, wait for the play-by-play announcer to do his or her thing. And then also, of course, understand that laying out or letting it breathe is the right move in those situations. And then the the uh, director and the, the production truck does their work with the sights and the sounds and you kind of get that whole feeling there. Um, we've talked about it a bunch on this show, you know, certainly different on radio and so forth. But I would think unless it's a real novice 
um, announcer who is unfamiliar with, you know, how televised sports works, it would be a, just an understood situation altogether. Now, what did you think of the final call? Joe Davis. Now, I can tell you here in Philly, you know, everybody thinks John Smoltz hated the Phillies and was rooting against the Phillies. I like Smoltz. I think he always adds to the broadcast. Um, everybody always feels like the announcers don't want their team to win. Uh, that was a lot of the feedback here, but I thought Smoltz always makes me feel like I'm learning something. But I thought Joe Davis really had a good series. I really did. Like, you know, Joe Buck was great. Um, there were times, I want to see what you think about this. If I close my eyes and listen to Joe Davis, I thought I was listening to Chris Myers at times. Did, did anybody else feel like he has a little bit of a Chris Myers sound to him? But overall, I thought Joe Davis for his first World Series on the big stage. Uh, and I thought his signature call really came in the National League Championship. The Bryce Harper homer was really his signature call that will probably be the first one on his World Series or baseball loop. But what did you think? Yeah, I thought he was great, especially for his first time, you know, in this role. And obviously uh, all sorts of, you know, uh, opinions and, and eyeballs and ears on him and so forth. I, I thought he did great. I've never thought of that uh, Chris Myers um, <laughs> connection. But now that you've planted that seed, I'll probably think of it every time now that I, I, I hear Joe Davis. But uh, all kidding aside, I, I thought he had a great series as well. And I like the chemistry between Davis and Smoltz also. All right, that's their first World Series. We talked about this last week, and they touched on it on the Sports Media Watch pod, TJ and John. And TJ will be on with us uh, to talk about his travels to Germany in just a couple of moments here as we get into the NFL. But before we do, we'll blend baseball and the NFL together here. We talked about it last week. You asked me what I thought the ratings would be, and I waffled. I wasn't really sure. John Aran from Sports Business Journal, he tweeted him out. The World Series Game 5 in Philadelphia, just in Philadelphia, got a 50 share. A 25.9 rating on Fox, PHL 17, which was the Eagles game that night, 8.7, a 16 share. Still a pretty big number uh, considering they both up. Because when you look at the Houston numbers, the Astros got a 55 share and the Texans got a 3. So it shows you Philadelphia might be a better sports town than Houston. I'll just take that with uh, for me, right? I watched them both. I had them on, uh, but I was pretty surprised at the, the at the at the blowout win there. Yeah, the the margin uh, really is eye opening here, and you know it. Part of it was, you know, and I I I really believe this, and we talked about this last week is the fact that that those my networks, you know, those those. Um, you know, smaller local stations are further down the dial. They're not part of anyone's, you know, viewing habits these days. I don't think um, you often find some real localized sports, at, at least here in my market. You know, they play a lot of high school football and that kind of thing on, on those networks. Um, and so maybe that's part of it. Uh, game five of the World Series, the, the, the Philly numbers surprised me that the margin was that big considering, you know, the hot start the Eagles were off to. And what does this say about the, the Texans fan base? <laughs> that, Not that, good. Uh, the Astros <laughs> just dominate that market apparently. But two big markets going head-to-head. -head. And then, you know, nationally, John Lewis reported these numbers. Uh, game five of the World Series averaged 7.0 rating um that's 12.77 million viewers on fox while on amazon prime 3.7 and 7.86 million viewers uh that those oran local numbers didn't include the amazon prime prime viewership on those local markets that's that's an unknown however um you know with that kind of margin that sort of blowout victory by the world series uh no doubt that the World Series ended up winning that one. Well, if you go check out Sports Media Watch, uh, John Lewis, World Series lowest gain six audience on record. They talked about it on this week's podcast, which you can find right below us on the feed here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Phillies Astros, not sexy. And then it was on a Saturday night up against college football, which had a whopper of a game. You had a big upset going on. So you had that SEC Bama LSU upset. So people probably drawn with the football in that direction. The rain out pushed everything back. It got people's, you know, I had plans on Friday night, and I was concerned because there was the Phillies game might have been on that night. And then when it got moved, I my plans were okay. I was like, ah, oh, I don't have the Phillies game. But other people may have been locked in for that Friday night, and then it moves to Saturday, and then it kind of gets lost in the sauce. So 
Uh, not a big surprise that, that that baseball game six maybe got lost in the sauce for people. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, yeah, when you're going head-to-head against – whether it's NFL or college football, that certainly puts you at a disadvantage. Um, you know, all this rearranging was the result of a rainout also yep. that kind of changed the schedule on the week. But, you know, World Series in the books now, and, you know, we, we keep on marching on towards the NFL and college football and, of course, uh, other sports getting started as well. Well, let's get to them. NFL, rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you follow us and get it out to your friends. Keep Sharon, let everybody know the Announcer Schedules podcast is here. NFL Week 10 is also here. We know Amazon has the game. Westwood won on the radio. Ian Eagle and Tony Baselli, uh, by the way. Baselli, he's been on my show a few times. Ian Eagle, working on. Maybe we can get that uh, going for you here. Have had some contact with Ian. He, of course, is the new voice of the NCAA tournament starting next year. So big news there. We talked about that last week on the pod. And then we have another international game, Phil. We've got Seattle and Tampa Bay. They're going to play in Germany, and that's going to be on the NFL Network. Rich Eisen, Michael Irvin, Steve Mariucci, Kurt Warner, Sarah Walsh, Jamie Erdahl are going to be um, calling that game. It's a big crew there. And Westwood won Spiro and Mike Mayock, of course. Uh, That will be on the radio side. But then we have some local radio, and we're going to get into that as well. And there's a whole lot that goes into this, Phil, right? There's a whole lot of getting from here to do a game in Germany and the travel. We've been talking travel. We had Sean Grandy on last week. What a great story that was. We talked about West Durham's adventures, and other people have told us about their travels in this business that I don't think uh, people in this business really understand, right? Yeah, we talked to Sean Grandy last week, and, and he did this incredible trip from Milan, Italy, uh, back to Boston to cover, you know, MMA and also Celtics basketball within a 24-hour period. And, you know, now we've got multiple crews heading out to Munich, Germany for Seahawks and Buccaneers. So um, best of luck to everybody making that trip. Um, I know Spiro uh, has been juggling a bunch of NFL Network type stuff as well. Or check that um, uh, NBA Network uh, work along with, NFL duties and uh, he'll be making the trip and yeah it's going to be interesting to see you know once all these crews get settled there in Munich and the coverage on Sunday morning. All right well we're going to go into that what is it like getting out there we take for granted that hey the game's on TV the game's on the radio well how does it all work TJ Reeves he is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sideline guy at Buck sideline guy you can get that on Twitter and find out more about his travels. He's also the host, along with John Lewis, of the Sports Media Watch podcast, which I listened to already this morning. That drops on Wednesdays. We drop on Thursdays. And you can check us out with George Offman as well on Tuesdays. But, TJ, welcome to the Announcer's Schedule podcast. My podcasting brothers from another mother, let me just say at the outset, I'm sitting back enjoying all of this. I'll, I will say to the audience, I sat and listened. I got an early preview before I even – uh, hook up the podcast and get it out for everybody to hear it. I just enjoyed the announcer schedules podcast for about 10 minutes there. And you guys going back and forth with your takes. You've done a fantastic job. I should say to the audience that this is kind of like eHarmony or I, I don't know who I was matchmaker or whatever, putting you guys together and you've done a fantastic job. I kind of put you together. You've done a fantastic job. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it is a, it is fascinating to a lot of people, the stories about the play by play guys the travel, like you're mentioning, how you call a game, who does it well, the excitement in calls. Keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, it, you know, it's a shame that I don't have anything going on this week to pop on and talk to you about on the podcast. I mean, my God, the finish last Sunday night alone with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers against the Rams that the whole country saw on CBS, <clears throat> that might be worth talking about. Then we roll into an election Tuesday. Forget about which aisle you're on in in politics. That's crazy enough. Now, for God's sake, we have a hurricane. And Phil knows I'm speaking the language here from the sunshine state of Florida. You always got to be on your toes in the Gulf South for hurricanes. And here we go with Hurricane Nicole that is going to come ashore as we're taping this podcast Wednesday night into Thursday. So if we don't have enough going on, Mike and Phil, let's go to Munich, Germany to play an NFL game this weekend and leave out Thursday night. My God, what a week, and we're not even to Friday yet. Uh, But it's it's great to be with you guys. It's uh, definitely always something in this business, but we always take for granted that 
uh, the the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and you're always going to get there. Now, TJ, obviously, as we mentioned, is the host of the Sports Media Watch podcast, but you have other things. We've had some of your calls on this podcast. You call games for <laughs> Compass College Football, uh, and, and, and now you're going to be, of course, uh, your full-time stuff is with the sideline for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're going to be heading over there. So what goes into this? Tell us a little bit about how – that all gets put together, how you guys all kind of decide where we're staying, when we're leaving, how we right. getting everything over there. There's a lot that goes in. This is just for the Tampa Bay radio side. Okay, yes. So first of all, I probably have too many hats. And right now, Phil and Mike can see me in my home studio, and they see that I have hats over my shoulder. But in figurative hats, I probably more have more figurative hats than a lid store down at the mall. I probably do have too much going on. Uh, but as you mentioned, I get to freelance some for Compass Media and their coverage of college football. They also do the NFL college uh, basketball as well. So that's a freelance situation there. And you guys have uh, been really gracious uh, to plug some of the stuff that I do for there, just like you do with a lot of the other announcers. But again, I, I am part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast. I have been part of that for the last 18 seasons. Our Hall of Fame voice is Gene Deckerhoff. He's in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Iconic. Just retired after 43, 43, 43 years doing the Florida State Seminoles on the radio. Phil DeMont Mullen, I'm speaking your language because you go back to the University of Miami like in the early 90s. I know Florida State beat the daylights out of the Hurricanes last weekend. That is the first time in 44 years that Gene Deckerhoff didn't do the Florida State Miami game. Uh, so that, I mean, that is, I mean, you could weigh in on that. That's amazing in and of itself. That man yeah. is a legend. Incredible run. Gene Deckeroff, uh, certainly a legend. It's great that he's still going strong uh, this season with the, the Buccaneers and, and your crew, TJ. And, yeah, I think back to all those uh, incredible Miami-Florida State games. The rivalry's not quite what it once was. Maybe, right. you know, but, but of course, Florida State with the, the big blowout win this time around. Mick Hubert, by the way, you know, in the same season, retires from the, the Florida Gators radio network. So those two, um, you know, step down on the college football side. That makes Joe Zagaki, the dean of of Sunshine State College football broadcasters, you know, who's been doing it for a bunch of years with Don Bailey Jr. down with the the Miami Hurricanes. But it's got to be a a thrill, TJ, to work with Gene, you know, week in and week out. No doubt. No doubt about that. And again, Mick did over 30 years with the Florida Gators. He's in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame uh, as well. So those are a couple of amazing announcers that retired the same year and have new voices uh, now doing the games. But you mentioned, okay, so here's the situation that this is what you have me on for. We got to get to Munich, Germany. So well, real we are quick, leaving. I, I do want to ask you yeah, something yeah, on go that. Ahead. I want to ask you something on that. Because here in Philly, where I tell Phil all the time, the broadcasters are almost as big, if not bigger, than the players sometimes. When it's you a, have they're a, around, they're around sometimes twice as long or three times as long as right. the players. I mean, Merrill Reese has been around for the doing the Eagles for the last five decades, right into the late seventies. Yeah, I How can't even imagine. Who, ch- I can't even imagine who's going to take over that job. Right. And right. but that's my thing. Mark Zumoff was thirty years doing the Sixers. He abruptly one day just said, "I'm done. I'm not doing it." And now Kate Scott's here. Uh, totally different. Totally new. Shocking to the sure. system almost. Harry Callis was here. He passed away. And Tom McCarthy came in. We had Tom McCarthy on this podcast, and he talked about what it was like. So these new voices, how are they being received in in a place like the Southeastern Conference, you know, where football is life, right? Well, sure. And Sean Kelly, for example, goes from having worked Tulane. This is how old I am, Mike and Phil. I go back to working uh, old Conference USA games as the University of South Florida's play-by-play guy here in Tampa. Uh, with Tulane when Sean Kelly was the Tulane radio guy I was the USF Bulls radio guy with Seth Greenberg etc and that goes back longer ago than I want to admit almost 25 years ago so Sean and I go back uh, and now he's the voice of the Florida Gators and and I, I prepped him and said listen my friend this is like religion this is this is like life and death on Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights, and you've got to treat it that way. In your call of the game, it has got to be that way if you're on the school broadcast for one of those as opposed to a a national broadcast. But you're right. I mean, all over the place. Look at you mentioning Joe Davis uh, having to replace Vin Scully. Hello on the TV. Or Joe Davis replacing Joe Buck, who had done every World Series going back, I think, to the 2000 uh, World Series uh, on the World Series this year for Fox. 
So you do have situations where where people uh, do have to step in. And uh, yes, but uh, Gene's still going strong at 77 years young. He was screaming, K-Dot and K-Dot, and who caught the winning touchdown pass from Todd Brady uh, the other night to beat the Rams uh, on the goal line in the final seconds. K-Dot's first NFL touchdown pass, boys, that he caught is from Tom Brady for a win at the end of a game against the L.A. Rams. So that's pretty impressive. In any event, I know you have me here for a few more minutes to talk about going to Germany which, again, as, as we release this podcast, we are leaving on a team charter aircraft to fly all night Thursday night U.S. time and arrive with the time change, Germany being six hours ahead, at around 8 a.m. on German time Friday morning, about 2 a.m. on our body clocks, and then you're going to try to acclimate, et cetera, and get ready for a couple of days to go play the game. And we've done this three times before in England, in London, at Wembley Stadium twice, and at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the most recent time in 2019. But we are told that in terms of Germany and the interest, because this is the first time ever the NFL has played even a a preseason game, much less a regular season game in Germany, that it is going to be bonkers when we get there, get around Munich, and get ready for this game, the ticket demand through the roof. So I can't wait to see what this is going to be like as Friday becomes Saturday and Saturday becomes Sunday with the interest and the buildup for Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks coming in Germany, guys. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, you just talked about your flying through the night and how that changed. I just did uh, Europe this summer, and, you know, we flew through the night, and then we got there, and then we tried to stay up all day to try to, you know, and you, these guys are trying to get ready for a football game. Right. Well, in the Buccaneers' case, they're going to land, and this is the same thing with the Seahawks, and both go do a practice on Friday in Allianz Arena. That's what it's called. That's Bayern Munich Football Club Stadium. And again, we should relate for the audience here. We're in the United States. We play the American oblong football. The football, the world sport, is a much bigger deal. Bayern Munich is like the Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers. They are enormous in that country and in Europe. Uh, So obviously we get to overtake temporarily their stadium, as do the Seahawks, and go with practices Friday, Saturday, get ready for the game on on Sunday, and then play the game in that 70,000-seat soccer stadium, uh, which, again, has never held an NFL game. It is interesting, guys. The NFL Europe did play in Germany in Frankfurt and Rhine, Germany, and Berlin. They did not play in Munich, Germany. But I am told there are hundreds of thousands of NFL fans. There are uh, a couple of million Americans that live and work in the United States military, et cetera, in Germany. There's going to be a ton of interest in this. And I'm just curious how it's going to build as Friday becomes Saturday and Saturday becomes Sunday. TJ, you mentioned the team charter. That's got to ease your your uh, anxiety level a little bit, knowing <laughs> that you're traveling with the team. But for those who've never been on a team charter, can you describe that experience from it's, the broadcaster scenario? Hey, it, it is something else. I mean, again, it's different than commercial travel. And in this case, the plane is so much bigger. And I still recall, great question, that when we flew to London the first time, we were on a Virgin Atlantic. Gil, get a load of this. We're on a Virgin Atlantic charter, much the same way that Gil rolls uh, – Uh, with his family when he goes on vacation. This thing literally had a wet bar in the middle of, like, the business class before you got to first class. It also had an elevated, like, upper first class, the hierarchy that could go upstairs on the plane, and they had beds and the whole thing where you could sleep. Down below, you had, uh, like, treadmills where guys could jog on the treadmill a little bit and and because it's a 10- or 11-hour flight as opposed to just sitting it was crazy. So I'm, I'm curious to see what this one will be like in terms of the room. Is it a triple-decker? Is it an Airbus that's that big flying directly to Munich uh, from Tampa? I'll tell you a quick story with Gene, with Gene Deckerhoff. When we played the 2011 game in London against the Chicago Bears, he was doing Florida State in the ACC at home in the afternoon. He's now got to get to London, England for a Sunday 1 Eastern time kickoff By getting on a Saturday night flight, it ended up, now the story can be told, it was arranged a private plane to get him from Tallahassee because there was not a commercial flight to get him from Tallahassee to Atlanta to take the last plane out, I believe, at 10 p.m. from Atlanta nonstop. He made it to London about three hours in advance of the game, got to Wembley Stadium about an hour and a half before the game, 
right there to call the game. So when you talk about craziness with announcers and stress level, there's an example. Gene will, because he's retired from Florida State, Gene will be on the plane with us going over here to Germany. And a couple of more fun things, because I know you love this about the announcer part of it. Unlike a broadcast booth where we do the games most of the time out of a booth in the top of the press box, Phil, you know this, Mike, you know this, uh, for college and NFL games, the the European setup for football, for soccer, you're out in the stands. You're in a secondary press seating area that is out in the stands. That is common. You're broadcasting the game, sitting in an area with other media, other auxiliary media around you, outside and it's going to be a little cool it's going to be again for us in florida we're weak guys phil knows this if it gets under like 50 degrees we're weak in florida it's going to be like in the upper 40s for the second half of the game but you are sitting outside in the uh in the auxiliary media area with the fans with the ambiance so that's where gene and dave moore will call the game for us steve rabel is the longtime seahawks voice that will call the game. And you mentioned the Westwood One guys, Sparrow Didis and Mike Mayock. We will all be out in the auxiliary media area covering and calling this game in the soccer stadium, Allianz Arena. My understanding is for uh, Rich Eisen, like you mentioned, uh, also Steve Mariucci, Kurt Warner, and Michael Irvin, they get the TV booth. The TV guys get all the, the special treatment. They get the TV booth because there's cameras, uh, because there's multiple people, et cetera. They'll be in a TV booth, the rest of us in an auxiliary media area, calling the game Sunday morning. Guten Tag Sunday morning, kids. Well, check that out. And uh, TJ, of course, uh, will be a part of that Buccaneers Radio Network call, call on the sidelines for Bucks and Seahawks. I got something else for you, too. This was just confirmed uh, right before. We're breaking news on the Announcer Schedules podcast. I haven't shared this anywhere else. It is confirmed that Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, will be live with me for about four or five minutes on our Buccaneers radio pregame show. I pledge that I will not only behave myself and ask good questions, but I will get that to you on announcer schedule so you can maybe play it for next week. The commish Very is cool. allegedly to be with us live on Buccaneers radio in our pregame about an hour before kickoff. So I will get that to you guys later on. That's going to be cool. I have had the chance to interview him before. I interviewed him in London in 2009, I have something in common with Roger Goodell, Mike Gill, and Phil DeMott Mullen, uh, in that he has twin daughters. Like, I have twin daughters. His twin daughters are older. So we were talking about our twin daughters, talking about all kinds of, uh, of fun, of parenting and whatever. So I look at rekindling the father-twin-daughter conversation with Roger Goodell. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, talking about the NFL debut in Germany and the Buccaneers and the Seahawks with the commissioner. Breaking news on the Announcer Schedules podcast. There you go. That's what we do here. And uh, by the way, <laughs> if you want to check out a great story about pinto beans, go yes. check out the Sports Media Watch podcast, which is what on this feed. What a t Right at the beginning of the podcast, we won't even reveal it, there is a fantastic story that involves a famous college football coach, a famous college football player who, player who later became a politician, and pinto beans. How am I doing on the tease? Phil DeMont Mullen, are you teased enough now to go listen to the Sports Media Watch podcast? Because the Pinto Beans is the punchline. Yeah, Mike I mean, absolutely right. Every sp Sports Media Watch podcast, I want to hear John Lewis's takes on all things well beyond TV ratings. <laughs> he gave the story of seven. On he gave the story of seven. He gave the story of seven. John Lewis gave the Pinto <laughs> Beans story of seven. What would you, without without revealing it, what would you give the story? Would you have given it a seven, or would you have given it an eight, or would you have given it a six yeah, and I a half? Yeah, I thought, I think like seven and a half, eight is a good number there, right? Okay. Yeah. Pinto Beans plays a key role. We're teasing away on the announcer schedules uh, podcast. And again, guys, uh, I know I've got a role, and you guys want to roll on. Uh, here as well. Keep doing a fantastic job. I'm going to report back on everything going on uh, from Munich, this game with the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. I mean, we we all thought at the beginning of the year, who can figure out the NFL? Gills around the Eagles, who were the only unbeaten team, and they've never been 8-0 before. Hello. All right, we thought for this game, the Bucs would be really good, guys, and the Seahawks would be terrible. So, of course, the Seahawks are 6-3 and three and in first place, and the Bucs are scrambling right now uh, coming into this game. At four and five, trying to get back to 500. Welcome to the NFL where anything can happen. And in this case, anything can happen in Munich, Germany for the first ever game there. Looking forward to being there. God willing, we all get there, get there safely, call the game, get back, 
and I pledge I will follow up with you on the Announcer Schedules podcast. All right, uh, TJ from uh, the Sports Media Watch podcast and, of course, part of the Buccaneers Radio Network, kind enough to tell us a little bit about what will go into that broadcast. TJ, appreciate it, man. You guys be well. Keep up the great work. A pleasure to be with you, and I always love listening to the Announcer Schedules podcast. Boys. And TJ, uh, thank you for your eHarmony skills <laughs> and safe travels to Germany, my friend. You guys are great together. Keep it up, uh, and uh, I love listening. And uh, Phil, I'm glad that you're there for uh, Gil. It's good to see he is dressed in black. I figured he'd have the black armband on for the Phillies, but life goes on because the Eagles are playing this this weekend, so we'll see how it goes with them. We'll see how it goes with the Buccaneers uh, for later on. It's it's going to be crazy down the stretch run of the season. Great to be with you, boys. Very good. All right, TJ. And uh, we will continue our tour here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. We kind of kicked off the NFL, Phil. So let's get into uh, what was um, um, the like super hyper speed here. We'll go through what we have here Um for NFL. Uh, by the way, we'll go to the 1 o'clock games on Sunday. We've got uh, some 1 o'clocks, which had a little bit um, of uh, some interesting situations here we'll uh, kind of dive into, but why don't you give us the 1 o'clock uh, rundown? Yeah, television 1 o'clock on Sunday after that um, Sunday morning experience from, from Munich that you'll be able to to hear on multiple outlets, um, NFL Network on the TV side. One o'clock, Jags and Chiefs. That's the number one CBS team, Nance, Romo, and Wolfson. Texans at Giants, also a one o'clock game on CBS. That's Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn. Browns, Dolphins over on CBS at one o'clock. Greg Gumbel, Adam Archuleta. Broncos Titans one o'clock on CBS so uh, a grand total of four CBS games at one o'clock that's Andrew Catalan and James Lofton and then over on Fox Vikings Bills that's the Joe Davis crew Saints Steelers that's the Adam Amin Mark Schlereth crew so Joe Davis back after missing a a couple weeks with baseball back with his crew with Daryl Johnston and Adam Amin back with his original crew Mark Schlereth and uh, Christina Pink Um, and then uh, Lions and Bears that's Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez. So those are your 1 o'clock games on TV. Yeah, radio's got Carino and Baldinger on Compass, and then uh, Josh Appel, James White on Sports USA. That's that Vikings-Bills game. That's a big one. Got 7-1 and one against 6-2 and two Bills, but that's the interesting part. Joe Davis is now back uh, for the NFL, so they throw him back in there. And then kind of interesting that Jim Nance, Tony Romo, they get the 1 o'clock Jacksonville Chiefs game. I guess there wasn't a marquee game this week because the 4 o'clock CBS uh, which is normally that uh, main window, but Fox has the main window this week. Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins, they're getting Colts and Raiders, which is also not a great game. Larry Kahn, Alex Mack, I haven't seen him. Uh, he's on Sports USA on the radio this week. Yeah, first time seeing his name. Uh, yeah, and Chris Carlin, um, who I had the pleasure of working with earlier this season for a game on ESPN Radio. He'll be uh, for that Jags Chiefs game with Bart Scott. But yeah, kind of interesting. You know, I guess when in doubt, you go with uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs, and, and, you know, it's always going to probably get a good number. Yeah, and then Cowboys Packers, that's your uh, national uh, Sunday, 425. That's uh, Burkhart, Olsen, Rinaldi, Aaron Andrews. And then Kevin Ray, Danny White. We've explained that Compass Media has a national Cowboys feed, and Kevin Ray and Danny White, that's the voice of Dallas on Compass Media. And then the other 425 Fox game. Uh, on the radio is George Sedano and Kirk Morrison, the former Raider, is uh, calling that game. And uh, Albert Vilma and Shannon Spake are the TV Fox crew there. And that leads us in to Sunday Night Football, where Ryan Radke and Brady Quinn, another new voice. So we got a couple new voices this week. Yeah, so, it, you know, we've been mentioning this, how Westwood One has, you know, a pretty good roster of guys who they can kind of uh, mix in here uh, depending on the matchup and I would imagine also the geography of it all. Uh, but it'll be cool to hear Radke and Quinn on that Sunday night game. Of course, uh, Tariqo, Collinsworth, and Stark on the NBC call. Monday night football, we know the ESPN crew in Westwood One. Kevin Harlan and Ross Tucker doing Eagles and Commanders. Uh, so that's Ross Tucker again uh, as Kurt Warner is doing the Germany game. So uh, I'm imagining... That's why he's not on the call, but I think that's two weeks in a row that Tucker has been in that spot. All right, why don't we uh, travel over to the college football world, and Phil, if you will, uh, take us on a tour down the college football week. 
Yeah, I do want to mention Maction is underway. So if you, if you are uh, one of these college football junkies who just needs it every single night of the week that you possibly can, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights they've been showing Mac games. Uh, always a lot of fun, um, both on some ESPN networks. Also, CBS Sportsnet has been covering some of those. Uh, Thursday we'll get started with another ESPN offering, uh, Tulsa and Memphis with the Matt Berry crew. And then Friday night uh, you've got some some games as well. Then that takes us into to Saturday and you know Tom McCarthy former guest of the podcast will be on the Missouri Tennessee game that's the noon offering on CBS uh Notre Dame Navy uh that's an ABC game since Notre Dame's on the road uh Dave Fleming will be the play-by-player on that one big noon kickoff is Indiana and Ohio State Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the Fox call LSU Arkansas so another big one in the SEC noon on Saturday on ESPN that's the Joe test team and then that brings us to 330 there's some some big matchups there uh nebraska and michigan that's the mark jones rg3 uh crew bama and ole miss that's the cbs game so cbs doubleheader in the sec uh that's brad nestler gary danielson and jenny dell alabama at ole miss and uh yeah you know the the beat marches on as far as college football and uh goes into the evening of course uh games like georgia and mississippi state on espn uh so it's a big day in the sec altogether that's sean mcdonough on the call there and uh, tcu texas that's the fowler herb street in row game at 7 30 on abc yeah a couple things i want to point out is guys like tom mccarthy is on the cbs college football he had been doing baseball for the phillies so now you're seeing some voices go back into the football world. There's Tom McCarthy. I did see uh, a name that jumped out at me on the analyst role. That's Deuce McAllister on the SEC Network, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. I know Deuce does some radio down in New Orleans, but he's now going to do a game I don't know that I've really seen him do analyst work at the national level. Uh, you got Touchdown Radio doing Nebraska, Michigan, Brett Dolan, Casey Jones. So no Gino Toretta this week. He is generally uh, the voice of Touchdown Radio. I thought that was interesting. Mark Real quick, Mike, I do want to do want to mention Casey Jones. If people don't know who that is, he was a All-American center for the Miami Hurricanes in the days of Gino Toretta, you know, so they're kind of contemporaries as far as that Miami Hurricane alumni base. He's done a bit of broadcasting in the past. He's had some roles with the the athletic department as well at University of Miami. But uh, that's cool to see the name Casey Jones pop up. And and uh, for those who who don't know that name, he was uh, awfully good center during some of those glory days of the Canes. You better watch his speed if you know what I mean, Casey Jones. That's right. Grateful Dead <laughs> mentioned, and, you know, we've been enjoying those outros of Grateful Dead music during the, you know, the World Series and, and also across the, the Fox networks. Real quick, before we leave, um, you know, this weekend's college football slate, I'd be remiss not to touch on those late night games. You know, these are my favorite. Uh, 10 p.m. Stanford at Utah. That's the Dave Pash crew. 1030 p.m. Eastern time. Arizona and UCLA, that's uh, Noah Eagle on the play-by-play. San Jose State, San Diego State, that's 10.30 p.m. on FS1. Uh, Guy Haberman on the play-by-play. 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Boise State and Nevada, that's the Rich Waltz crew on CBS Sports Network and... If you need to make it all back late in the evening yeah. and, you, you know, you're you're licking your wounds, you've still got Utah State in Hawaii, 11 p.m. Eastern time. And you got to you got to probably have a pretty good satellite dish or, or some some apps or, or what have you to find this. But it's on the Team One Sports app, Kanoa Lee on the play-by-play call of Utah State and Hawaii. Yeah, just uh, I'm going to point out a couple more real quick because, uh, you know, some of these guys we have talked to, if you missed their interviews, you can go back on the feed. But Roxy Bernstein's got the call. Arizona State, Washington State, Mark Kestersher is on the radio with Kelly Stauffer and Fitzsimmons. That's the Bama Old Miss game. 3.30 on ESPN Radio. Uh, there's another interesting one that I thought that kind of jumped out here, and uh, that is... Um, the Mike Cousins, Tom's Ramey. Cousins is doing a game, I believe, on TV on Friday night. Then he's doing radio on Saturday. So he's going to be at TCU Texas for radio. And if I scroll back through our notes here, I think Mike Cousins is doing a game on Thursday night on ESPNU, Georgia Southern Louisiana. So this is another one of those travels. He's at Louisiana doing a game that you got to prepare for. 
And then a couple days later, you're going to uh, prepare for another game, Mike Cousins, on ESPN Radio, TCU at Texas. And by the way, that's a monster game for TCU. They just got put number four in the college football playoffs. I do want to mention another radio. I don't know that we've mentioned these guys a whole heck of a lot. But I deal with them because we do carry some of their games. The National Sports Network, that's another new radio outlet that, um, I don't know if they're new, but they're a newer outlet that uh, offers college football, college basketball. National Sports Network, Kyle Crooks and Rob Pate are doing Texas A&M and Auburn. So you might hear that in uh, whatever market you are in. And then, as you mentioned, the, the night crews there, um, we get into the night of college football. Oh, boy. Always a lot of college football. We got a lot of college basketball, too. We'll get into in just a moment. But uh, we're going to go a little flashback on you on this week's edition. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's an exciting um, documentary coming out on ESPN E60. This will debut this Sunday, 1 p.m. on ESPN. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. It's called The Band is on the Field. And... Of course, going back to the great call by Joe Starkey, the 1982 big game, Cal Stanford, and of course, the play. Uh, Jeremy Schapp is going to uh, take viewers you know, through that whole um, incredible experience in college football, and a big part of it is the call by Joe Starkey. All right, here we go with the kickoff. Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Joe Starkey there. And by the way, we uh, talked a little bit about Joe Starkey in that play when we had Roxy Bernstein on. You know, um, roots for Roxy Bernstein as far as him getting started in the business. He's a Cal alum as well. Starkey is retiring this season as the radio play-by-play announcer for Cal football. Uh, He has called Cal football games since 1975, kind of like what we were talking about with TJ, with guys like Deckerhoff and McHubert. Uh, Starkey was also the 49ers radio play-by-play voice for, for 20 years, also the first television voice of the San Jose Sharks. This is the 40th anniversary of the play. So cool to see that Jeremy Schapp and ESPN are going to really give it a great treatment. Uh, That'll be on Sunday. Uh, I saw you tweeting at announcer Skeds for those of you out there. And if you follow at announcer Skeds, like 20,000 plus of you do, you saw a random Rutgers ball state game. Tell us about it. Well, I would be remiss not to um, have this one catch my attention. I'm flipping through the dial um, late last night. We're we're taping this show on Wednesday, and suddenly on ESPNU (laughs) pops up a Rutgers Ball State game from the 2008 International Bowl in Toronto, Canada. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I actually worked this game. This is one of the very first assignments I had um, for ESPN. I had been doing stats work, you know, mainly for the Miami Heat and the Miami Hurricanes. And then um, I caught on um, through some connections with ESPN. And I got assigned to this International Bowl in Toronto. I had to make sure my, my passport was updated. And I had a great opportunity to work with a tremendous crew up there. John Saunders, the late John Saunders, was on the play-by-play. Uh, Doug Flutie was one of the analysts, also Jesse Palmer, the other analyst, very early in Palmer's um, sports television career. He had just come off, you know, his years on The Bachelor. So he was a big star, but was just starting to get going in terms of 
um, you know, sports commentary. Stacey Dahls on the call as well as the reporter in all um, Canada um, announcing crew, you know, all with Canadian roots and, and, and from Canada originally, that crew. And uh, it was just a real thrill to work that game and to see it come on ESPNU, you know, every once in a while during, you know, the week. And sometimes they sort of theme it out with whatever's coming up. Um, you know, ESPNU used to be ESPN Classic. Uh, that's no longer, but we'll show these classic college football games. And just wanted to mention that and kind of my personal story. And, you know, John Saunders, um, you know, he mainly did studio work. Work, but, you know, I, I got to work with him on this one as the play-by-play announcer and, and me alongside him as the stats guy. And, you know, um, you know he's, he's dearly missed by so many in the industry. And he was just such a class act and such a nice guy to work with. It, it, was, it was really one of those experiences that I'll never forget. Uh, good story there. And it's funny because uh, you're talking about a game that you were at, and, and I'm thinking back to different college. Because I, I used to, I went to a bunch of bowl games. We'll have to get into the bowl season. We do that. We were talking about Gino Toretta, Touchdown Radio. I was at the 2000 Music City Bowl, West Virginia, Ole Miss. That game is known not for West Virginia winning the game, but it was the debut of Eli Manning playing quarterback as a freshman. He entered that game. In like the fourth quarter, and they were down 49-16. But on the call on that game was Gino Toretta with Mark Jones, who did the NBA Finals this year. So some of that story had some stories going through my head. We were just talking about Toretta, and I said, you know, Toretta called the Music City Bowl that I was at in Nashville, Tennessee. That's interesting, too, because it's funny how all these sort of things connect the dots in certain ways. And, you know, Mark Jones is from Canada as well. And in fact, his brother is the voice, one of the voices of the Raptors. There you go. So uh, we'll have to do a little trip down memory lane, different things like that from time to time when we have some slower time, slow time. Not now. We got college basketball. It tipped off Monday. Whole bunch of college basketball. I'm already invested in the college basketball. I've been watching. I love college hoops. And we talk about college basketball or football giving broadcasters opportunities every Sunday, uh, Saturday. Well, college basketball every night of the week. Yeah, um, it's it's underway already. It kind of, at least for me, sort of snuck up on us, you know, uh, this past Monday night. Um, you know, FS1 did a cool deal where, you know, there was a bunch of Big East games. I think the entire league might have been in, in action. And they were able to provide a whip around show on Monday night. Um, you know, showing highlights and, you know, not just highlights, live look-ins and, and, and buzzer beaters and that kind of thing for all the games happening in the Big East. Bill Raftery was in, in the studio uh, for that one, which was which was awesome. And then there's some games coming up this week that are of, of pretty big stature on Friday night, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN, Michigan State in Gonzaga. That's Dan Schulman and Jay Billis. And then a game uh, up in your neck of the woods, Mike, uh, Villanova at Temple. Mike Corey and John Crispin on the call uh, Friday night at 7 p.m. And then next Tuesday, um, there's an event in Indianapolis, the State Farm Champions Classic. And great to see uh, Dick Vitale on the uh, press release there. He's going to be heading to that game in Indianapolis, Kentucky and Michigan State. Dan Schulman will be his partner. Then it's a... um, two-game two event, Duke and Kansas is the second offering at 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday night, and that'll be Shulman and Billis again. Those games are also on radio, and I will have to do a little digging uh, because we are carrying those games on radio. I just have not seen who has the assignment for those games. Maybe between now and the end of this podcast, I can figure it out or find it out, but uh, I look forward to the uh, Champions Classic, um, and uh, that will be... Uh, on the 15th. Okay, so we have uh, college basketball, which, by the way, there are just a couple of highlights. There are a ton out there, and we will dive more into that as the season kind of gets underway. Go ahead, Phil. Um, I just was able to receive some of that college basketball information you might have been looking for, uh, Mike, on uh, Friday night, Michigan State-Gonzaga on ESPN Radio, Kevin Winter and Malcolm Huckabee on the call. And then that Champions Classic that we were talking about in Indianapolis on November the 15th, Mark Kestisher will handle go. the play-by-play duties for both games with Bob Valvano on uh, as the analyst. Yes, good pairing there. Uh, you hear a lot of Bobby V uh, during the college basketball season, and ESPN Radio covers a lot of college basketball. Just to kind of throw it out there for you radio hoop junkies who like to listen to games on radio for college hoops, you get games from Compass, ESPN Radio, 
I believe the National Sports Network also does college basketball. So you get a couple different college basketball offerings. And Westwood won. And then Westwood won, by the way, has the entire NCAA tournament. So you do have a lot of radio coverage of college basketball. Let's get into the NBA, shall we, Phil? Yeah, so this week there's more action after taking Tuesday off uh, due to the elections. Um, You know, if you're listening to this on Thursday, there were a couple games on Wednesday night, Knicks and Nets, also Lakers, Clippers. And then on Friday night, um, our friend Mark Kessischer is going to be doing a game with Doris Burke. Uh, Timberwolves at Grizzlies. And this is interesting because um, Mark Kestisher will be on the TV side. Uh, This is, I believe, the second time this season we've seen him on the TV side on one of these Friday night games. That'll be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Central time. And then on Saturday morning, he's going to make the drive from Memphis to Oxford, Mississippi for that Bama Ole Miss game on Saturday afternoon. Um, You know, it's pretty good arrangement there in terms of the geography it's only an 80 minute trip from memphis to oxford mississippi so that makes things uh, fairly simple for for mark on friday and saturday but cool to see him getting uh work on the tv side as well and that brings us to the nhl yeah well real quick that means kestisher's doing college football nba and college basketball all within a little window there. Uh, so you got uh, – and normally he would do an NFL game. He's, he got Sedano and Carlin doing the NFL for ESPN Radio this week. I guess Kestisher's doing college, then college hoops. No, college NBA, NBA and then college hoops. NBA, college football, college hoops in, in that order for, for Kestisher. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, keeping those, those pencils sharpened and – you know, continuing to, to log those airline miles, too. All right, get ahead on the NHL. We got a lot. Yeah, the NHL, um, you know, continues to, to march on as well. One thing that got my attention um, just a couple nights ago, uh, there was a TNT game um, in Seattle, Predators in Kraken. Uh, John Forslund, who's been a guest on the podcast, uh, was the play-by-play announcer for the National Call. He's also the voice of the Kraken. So another one of those examples, you know, um, you know, the the – ignorant fan might say oh you know this guy's biased he's the voice of the crack and i guarantee if forslin uh gave it a uh the proper treatment as the national announcer for that one um and then on thursday night there's another one of those espn hulu uh games um knights and sabers with uh john buchagras on the call uh blackhawks kings also on that same package with mike monaco um Another cracking game on Friday night on ESPN Plus and Hulu with Leah Hextall on the call with Ray Ferraro. And then on Sunday uh, on ESPN, the big ESPN network, Steve Levy uh, will have the play-by-play call of Caps and Lightning. Real quick, Steve Levy had the game last week. Bills and Jets, he called that upset with Sal Palantonio. I listened to that game on the radio. So Steve goes from NFL one Sunday to NHL the next Sunday, the trials and tribulations of a play-by-player. But by the way, Phil, I had Sal Palantonio on the radio show and extended an invitation to the Announcer Schedules podcast, and he has accepted. So we'll have to get Sal Pal uh, scheduled for the Announcer Schedule podcast because, you know, Sal has been known as kind of a, a uh, interviewer or, you know, somebody who does reporting. But he has now gotten into the analyst role the last couple of years. They've been using him in that chair. You worked with him. Yeah, I got to work alongside him for that Patriots at Steelers game on ESPN Radio. And it was awesome. Like, he, he's he's outstanding at that analyst role. Um, his knowledge of the game after all these years of covering it. And as much as anything, my number one takeaway from working alongside Sal Powell that, that afternoon is – his enthusiasm and, um, you know, genuine gratitude for this opportunity to continue to work NFL was remarkable. He was thrilled to be there. You could feel it. And, uh, you know, just another Sunday of NFL, you know, some people might get a little worn out by working that many years in a row, not Sal Powell. Uh, and I kid you not, I did not. He legitimately had just texted me as we're having this conversation and the link is to an interview he is doing with a bunch of Eagles quarterbacks that will air on Monday NFL Countdown, November 14th. It will be, uh, looks like Donovan McNabb, Jalen Hurts, 
uh, Michael Vick, and it will be Robert Griffin III having the quarterback conversation. Sal Powell, literally at 11.01, just sent me that. We are recording. It's 11.02 right now. So I did not ask you about Sal Powell because of it. It just all kind of happened. But No ha- coincidences. It sounds like the universe is ready for us to have Sal yes. Powell on this show. He was on with me on Thursday. We were preparing for uh, – uh, he does a segment on my show every Friday, but the Eagles played Thursday last week. And I said, Sal, we need you on the Announcer Schedules podcast. He said, let's make it happen. So uh, And now he's texting me right now as we're having this conversation. So there we go. Uh, the synergy is pretty good. How about the synergy of a Philadelphia sports team losing the championship on the same day? That's what happened last Saturday with the MLS Cup. We had the Union fall to LAFC in the MLS Cup. John Strong, though, brought it strong with this. Five snow for Wagner. Wagner's crossing. Looking for LAFC. That was on Fox TV, and at that point, the Philadelphia fans thought they were getting a championship. But, Phil, as we know, it was not meant to be, and John Strong describes it here. To Palacios, to the byline, Palacios clipping it up, They tie the game, and it goes to an epic round of uh, kicks, and LAFC beats the Union. Yeah, it goes all the way to penalty kicks. I must admit, I've been a skeptic of Major League Soccer over the years, you know, compared to, you know, the uh, quality of play on the international stage, and especially, you know, the World Cup, which is kind of what my eye is used to. I, you know, it's it's kind of hard for me to watch MOS a lot of times on television just because... I'm trained to watch a certain, you know, quality of play and so forth. However, this Saturday, this got my attention. It actually drew me away from college football, which is difficult to do. And I was locked in for the last 20 minutes or so of this game and into the penalty kicks. It was a thriller. The quality of play was uh, was was strong. The fans were going ballistic um, out in that stadium in, in Los Angeles. And John Strong brought it with those play-by-play calls. And, you know, a lot of great response from, you know, the Twitterverse as far as uh, John Strong goes. He has a lot of fans out there who were really excited to hear uh, his call and to also see his clips start to go a little viral there. So cool stuff there, MLS Cup. And I would imagine that game alone um, helped build – you know, some of the audience and some of the, you know, the fans of the MLS moving forward. Yeah, in fact, I was out at an establishment because we were getting ready for the Phillies World Series game. They had the game on, and the place was locked in on the Fox broadcast. So uh, a tremendous ending to the season for the MLS Cup. All right, we're almost at the end, but before we get there, a couple listener questions. And if you ever have a question that you'd like Phil and I to touch on, tweet at one of us. I'm at Mike Gill Show or at announcer skeds and we will answer the pod uh, the questions here on the pod and uh phil why don't we uh check out this week's question yeah our pal ben in st petersburg florida um really appreciate him continuing to to follow the podcast and uh ben says great podcast thanks for answering my question next up with such a big focus on sports betting now are the announcers and analysts being influenced to include spreads and betting lines into their commentary or are they implicitly told not to talk about it? Um, do you think that will change in the future? I guess with the, you know, um, you know, sports gambling legislation that's happening and, and legalization throughout the country. Mike, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off. Well, I would imagine that this is up to each broadcaster or the network. You know, how much or little they want them to influence and weave that in and out. I think I've heard Jim Nance or Al Michaels kind of talk about this on various other podcasts saying, hey, you know, we kind of make a little reference. Steve Levy, I think, has laughed about it. They're not going to come right out and say, hey, the line is 14 if they score – but they might make little subtle hints. However, Phil, I think as this materials, now we saw California vote 
no on sports betting on Tuesday night. So some states are still, we're not ready to get there yet. There are other states that have embraced it and are making money hands over fist. So I think until it is across the board, these networks are going to continue to weave in and out slight comments on it, but not full-fledged discussions. You are seeing some auxiliary programming at times during games that will talk about it, but I think that's how it's going to be handled until it's a 50-state go. It has evolved quite a bit from having to really, like, on the down low, sneak in these references, which uh, Musburger and, and Michaels, um, you know, were kind of famously known to do, um, dating all the way back to that, you know, um, CBS NFL Today show uh, with Musburger. I mean, they'd have Jimmy Greek on the show, and that was kind of really risque back then. And, you know, uh, Musburger um, has some stories to tell as far as him you know, getting in some some sly references there. But it had to be done like in these like, you know, cryptic ways, you know, in terms of, um, you know, whether, you know, there was a bad beat at the end of the game and that kind of thing. That has changed tremendously, you know, where, you know, on the pregame shows, on the shoulder programming, they're talking about, you know, gambling outright. And, you know, I don't think um, – you know, people are being told, oh, don't don't talk about it anymore. That was probably once the case, but I don't think that's the case anymore. But, you know, for the most part, in terms of an actual game, for you know, they're still calling the game, you know, as it is uh, in the majority of cases. But, you know, it's not something that is as nearly as taboo as it once was. All right, getting to the end here before we roll out. we got a big birthday this week. Bill Walton celebrating his 70th birthday. Um, happy birthday to Bill Walton. We talked about um, Roxy Bernstein. Um, you know, he's a longtime partner, Bill Walton. He had some great stories on our podcast uh, with Bill. And uh, Bill did a Pac-12 network game recently, so he's already underway with this college basketball season. And it'll be uh, great to see, um, you know, him moving forward. Always a block to watch Bill on the call. All right, Bill Walton, happy birthday to Big Bill Walton, one of the uh, more entertaining broadcasters or announcers we could talk about on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Well, we've reached the end of this week's podcast, but before we go, Phil, tell everybody where they'll be able to find Announcer Schedules this week. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye on the, the Twitter feed. We'll be trying to bring you all the pairings across college basketball, college football, NFL, NHL, and the NBA. Um, I'm actually hitting the road this weekend. I'm heading up to Lexington, Virginia for the NCAA Division Three Men's Soccer Championship Tournament. Uh, the Brevard College Tornadoes, you know, who who I represent, made it to the, to the big show. So I'm heading up there with the boys and I'm looking forward to making some noise up there. Uh, we're playing at Washington and Lee University up in Lexington, Virginia. So that's that's where I'll be at. Uh, how about yourself, Mike? Well, now that the uh, college basketball season is here, I will be doing a little bit more uh, Atlantic Cape Community College here locally. I do some of their games. I think I have a game on Saturday. Uh, the high school football playoff season is winding down. I might get some of those assignments here. And then, of course, uh, Mondays on – by the way, the – College basketball is on BFA Sports. BFA Sports, they do a great job of uh, broadcasting games. They actually actually do the Sixers G League team, the Delaware Blue Coats. So uh, you can check out their coverage of the G League Blue Coats games. Um, and then I do, of course, uh, Good Morning NFC East on the Jacob Media YouTube channel on Mondays at 7.20, Birds 365, Wednesdays at 8.20, and some various other things. By the way, real quick, before we get out of here, we talked about PHL 17, they actually have a sports show that I am a guest on uh, with a host by the name of Jason Lee. So PHL 17, which had the Eagles game on this past week, they do have a sports show that I am a guest on, PHL 17, here in Philadelphia. So I just was remembering that, that, hey, I do a show as a guest on PHL 17, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, so from time to time, I appear there. And then, of course, my radio show, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday on 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. And you can download our app if you want to hear what uh, the radio show sounds like. So with that, that's the end of our adventures for episode 23 of the Announcer Schedule podcast. Thanks to TJ Reeves 
Look for the podcast every week on Thursdays on the Sports Media Watch feed. Rate, review, subscribe, share, leave comments. All that stuff helps. The rating and the reviews and the uh, subscribing are a big help to us keeping this podcast going. If you like what you hear, do all that stuff, and we will continue to be able to do this for you guys. So, episode 23 is in the books for the Announcer Schedules podcast. Enjoy all the games, and look for us next week right here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. For Phil, I'm Mike. Have a great weekend, everybody. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.